On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I am pumped to have on Ben Nolan, the founder and developer of CryptoVoxels, one of the original NFT-based metaverses which anybody can access via a browser. The site has exploded from niche community to being at the forefront of the NFT movement. The show is all about learning from those with skin in the game, the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception, so let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments, we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. All right. So I'm here with Ben Nolan of CryptoVoxels. Welcome to the show, Ben. Cool. Thanks for having me. I like your intro. (laughs) Thanks. So I wanted to kick things off. Maybe we could start with, for those who don't know, what is CryptoVoxels and how did it get started? Um, CryptoVoxels is a virtual world. Uh, and the, the um, so it's like a it's a world of um, at the moment it's a lot of art galleries and kind of art experiences, um, and each part of the w- world is o- is um, owned on Ethereum blockchain as an NFT. I started it about three years ago, uh, and then I've been working on it full time like it's been my job for the last two years, and now there's about uh, there's nine of us that that work on the project now. That's awesome. So are you still developing today? Yeah, it's funny. I um, you know, because the we're doing pretty well now for you know sales and growth of the city and the number of people that are in the world. But I really like programming, so I've been um, instead of hiring lots of people and becoming like a running a team. Um, I, I, I you know I still run the company, but I, I try and program two thirds of my time. It's just what I like to do. I really like building the product, and that's kind of my jam. And so I've realized that's that's my happy spot. So that's that's what I do. I was just before this call, I was just solving a whole bunch of matrix math stuff. Okay. Well, that sounds that sounds definitely more like computer science uh, type type coding. So I'm curious: Are you fully bootstrapped still, or are you? Did you raise funding for it? No, we never raised funding. We um we're fully bootstrapped, and I um I held a bunch of ether at the last crash, like so two years ago, um and so got burnt from that pretty bad. So we've been selling all our ether all the way through. Um, so we sell about 80 or 90% of what we sell of, you know, ether back to uh, fiat every week. So at the moment, we've got a runway for a couple of years um, in the company with, with only 10 people. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes, you know, I look at the sales and I'm like, oh man, we should have a team of like 50 people or whatever, or we should go and raise some money so that we can build this big team. But it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm okay with the fact, like I, I sometimes like we're not comparable at all, but I look at like WhatsApp, which we had like a hundred million users or whatever it was with a team of 15. And it's like, that's what I'd love to do. I'd love to have this really awesome little team. Everyone we've got super skilled, really motivated, interesting person. So I'd really like the team we have to be able to build everything and build it with the, with the, from, from stay private and just kind of see where this thing goes. And it's kind of funny. I, Sorry, that was a bit off topic, but yeah, like I, sometimes I feel like really kind of torn. I'm like, oh, we should try and get big fast and be a big company and have lots of people and raise money, all that kind of stuff. But so it's not what at all what I'm interested in. It's not why I got into it. And so, you know, as long as we can, I'd like the project to get better quality, be faster, load faster, work better on, on weak computers, be available on Oculus Quest. I'd like to do all that without us having to become like a big company in quotes. Well, I will say in terms of functionality, accessibility of all of the so-called metaverse uh, projects that I've seen, 
Yours is really the only one that I've actually managed to get working on my computer. It's kind of ridiculous. I'm able to visit a URL, check it out. I went to an event uh, within uh, CryptoVoxels. I've checked out some of the others and set, was sent a link. There was a cool looking event that I wanted to go to and my computer just froze. I couldn't like get the damn thing working. So I think you all have that advantage today, uh, which, is a, which is a great place to be. Um, and you know, yeah, the, the story of, I think Instagram is a comparable story of a small team building a really high impact, uh, large reach product. And I think the cloud computing has really en enabled that sort of thing to materialize nowadays. That, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and we're kind of lucky cause we don't have any like political position, position of being a decentralized world or of being like, you know, kind of really, uh, so, um, you know, we, we make lots of, uh, we use lots of uh, server-side stuff to try and make the world run really fast. And, and everyone's going to get better. All these projects will get better with time, but hopefully we've got enough of a lead. And if we keep, you know, our focus is always on performance and on accessibility. So, um, you know, we hope we can make that, make it even five times better than it is now. So something that I'm curious about, uh, I've been checking out the different releases of land uh, that you had. I almost bought a plot, uh, or I guess on the most recent one, uh, but I didn't want to get into a bidding war with this other person. It seemed like the nice, perfect piece. And I was like, man, this could, this is the best one, but I, I don't want to get in a war right now. And, and I had a lot of money locked on the exchange, unfortunately. So one question I have, is there unlimited land? Like, are you just continuing to introduce land every couple of weeks or like, what's the structure there? Yeah, so um, we haven't turned off minting. Like, there's a, a flag that we can set in the contract one day to just turn off minting, and then we can't create any more land. Um, when people first come into the world, they often ask, you know, when will you turn off minting? Because they see it as um, uh, if, if there was a limited amount of land, it would drive up the kind of the value of the entire world. Where actually, I think it's a little bit counterintuitive, but I think it's the opposite. I think as long as the world keeps growing and you're at the center of it it drives up the value of your land because there's kind of more and more people coming, there's more builds, but everyone wants to, you know, go and visit the original, go and see what's in the center. So the answer is, and this isn't very, um, you know, blockchain-y, but it's, um, you know, we just create, keep creating land in response to demand. When people are buying lots of parcels, um, we create more. And when there were less sales, so not all the auctions finished last week. So I'll relist some of those auctions with a Dutch auction. So the price will go down. So you can just purchase it at a price. Um, and then I'll only list, you know, like 20 parcels this week instead of like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were listing 80 parcels and that sell out. So, you know, and if things slowed down completely, we'd probably just stop listing parcels for a while and keep building the software until the demand came back again. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's weird. It's kind of dependent on me being a, a good actor in this space, you know, like, um, but I'm, I'm very aware that people have invested, you know, a lot of ether into these parcels and I don't ever want to destroy the value, but at the same time, I want to make new land for artists to be able to come in and to, um, and to build new builds. Like it's, it's always about builds. Everything that we optimize around the way we sell stuff is to sell it so that at least 50% of the land is built out. Like I'm totally okay that people want to purchase and just hold land in crypto voxels because they think they believe in the project, but I much prefer people buy and build and so that's what we optimize for and we're pretty lucky at the moment about half of the world is built out only about half of it is you know unbuilt yeah i've i've gone in there and looked around you know honestly oftentimes what i'm looking for when i'm like plotting you know whether or not i'd buy it i, I it's almost like zillow where i'm like you know looking at my like future uh, house that i want to buy i do the same thing with crypto voxels where i'm looking around and saying if i were to buy like almost 
I also like predicting, you know, which of these are going to sell out, which one's going to actually not sell out, which of these are the best. And for me, I think something that stands out is I'm looking into which of those areas are actually being developed, like which has, I, I guess, good neighbors is essentially what it is. Yeah. And I've, I've found other, uh, I found artists who said, hey, I just bought my plot and, uh, you know, I'm going to sell this other piece next to it. And I'm like, okay, well, the value of that plot attached to yours is way higher than like th than another one elsewhere because I'm gonna just get more foot traffic because y you're this known entity. So I think there is yeah, uh, yeah. like that, that's that's the thing about crypto voxels that's really unique about it um, compared to other virtual worlds or other kind of user generated spaces is that you do have neighbors and neighbors are massive. It completely makes crypto voxels what it is. Like from something as simple as when you look out a window in your building and you can see the neighbors build, that's kind of cool. Or you can see down the street, that's kind of cool. But also, um, you know, you someone will come to a good build or to an event. And if you're near a cool event, later on, you finish the event and you wander out and they'll discover your parcel. So that's really important. Um, I think another thing that's going to be important to us, and I, we just haven't done it just because I don't have the mental space and I haven't worked out an easy way to do it yet, but I want to do islands that have different ownership structures or, you know, you have to prove that you're going to do a build or you've got to prove that you've got certain kind of art that suits this kind of island before we do it. Like the goal from that is is um, purely to create islands that are 100% built out, but also make them more affordable. So maybe an artist can't afford to compete in the main auctions, which you'll always have, but maybe we'll have some sort of more affordable system so that they can get in there. Um, that And that kind of stuff, you know, we don't need to do it at the moment because we're still focusing on all the tech stuff, but that's the long-term goal is to, you know, is always just more builds, more builds, more artists. Um, that's what really makes the world interesting. I could see some DAOs being organized to sort of uh, buy out a plot of land or even you all doing partnerships with a DAO or something like that to say, look, we'll give you this this plot. And because the ethos of that DAO is aligned with crypto voxels, uh, then it makes a ton of sense that way. And it's self-regulating in that case. You all don't need to moderate the rules. Instead, the DAO, you followed the rules that were in there and hopefully uh that dow does a good job with, with with management yeah no that's 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 absolutely what i'd like to do and the and i'm really in support of that and like the only reason we haven't done that is just because um just a time factor you know like we're we're, we're, we're a small team and i like to focus on the tech at the moment but once we kind of get ahead of everything I'd, I'd, I'd love to do dow owned islands and i've talked about it for a year or two it's kind of it's like um it's my self-driving Tesla. It's like I keep promising it, but it's always <laughs> six months in the future. <laughs> yes. I mean, for now, it's good because you at least do have a uh, pretty dedicated audience from what I've seen um, of people who are interested. I know I'm definitely interested. I've seen a lot of artists uh, who are interested as well. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it, it seems to... I, I don't think you need to launch that just yet. So... Another question that I have is like right now, it seems the primary use case really is art galleries for the most part. Have you seen any other interesting implementations so far? So I have two answers to that. One is that yes, we are all art galleries. And um, to be honest, I want to optimize the shit out of that. I want art galleries to be really fast, really good looking, really easy to build, really, you know, lots of current content. I want there to be events and openings at those galleries and stuff. And the other part of that question is, I built crypto voxels to be well initially you know the goal was to build a, a general purpose metaverse and getting pigeonholed into those art galleries is something i'm actually totally okay with and i'm not going to go and 
chase a whole bunch of features that won't make galleries better um, for the sake of building a generalized metaverse. I'd love for people to build multiplayer games and to be able to go out and hunt fish in the sea and to have boats and to have, you know, experiences and collect tokens and kind of play RPGs in the world and stuff. Doing that with a team of 10 or 12, we couldn't do a good job of it. So, and there's so much room in this sort of art gallery space and not so much art galleries, it's, it's, it's visual experiences space. It's kind of like going to something which might have art in it or it might be uh, an event, you know, it might be at a club, it might be kind of a social space. So between uh, generic social space and art galleries, I think there's a lot of stuff that we can build really well. Um, so I think events and galleries are, are really what we're going to focus on for the next year. Um, and we, uh, you know, I personally really want to make CryptoVoxels more powerful as a generalized system so that people can build games in it. Um, and but and I think we, we, we'll definitely work towards that. But at the moment, you know, everything we've done, there are some amazing developers building stuff on CryptoVoxels with the, you know, the scripting and stuff. But it's there's something not there's something missing from it, and I'm not sure I haven't been able to put my finger on what it is yet. That that sort of prevents it becoming that generalized metaverse that we all sort of dream and read of. I mean, uh, right now it's uh, focused. Yeah, I, I go in there periodically just to check out the land. Uh, I have friends who are building stuff in there. The 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 experience that I had that like changed my entire perspective was going to an event, a live event where we were we were hosting. Um, uh, there was uh, Punk four one five six or something like that was hosting an event with uh, Claire Silver and Ben Roy of the. Um, anyways, former guest. They hosted an event there. We went on to uh, Clubhouse as well, where there was a live walkthrough with the artist explaining their pieces that were on the wall. And I was like, "This is pretty game changing. Like, this is a pretty incredible experience." And it felt like it felt quite intimate. Like in a weird, despite being completely far away. I felt like I was having a dialogue with the people that were there, although I wasn't part of the conversation, but I was in the room the same way that I would be if I went into a local gallery or the MoMA even and watched a panel of artists sit there and talk about something. This was uh, way more accessible. And when I was thinking about events, I'm like, yeah, this actually isn't that expensive in the grand scheme of things. Most people end up looking at it and they say, wow, this is what you spent, how much you spent $4,000 on a virtual plot of land or, or more and, uh, or less, but you spent that much on that virtual plot of land. And I'm like, man, for me to go host a legit conference in New York city, I'm going to drop 20 to $40,000 on a venue location. And there's, it, it, there's just so much going on there. I'd much rather just do like a small dinner and then separately I can host these live <laughs> events with groups of people to to you know curate and show access to some of these different things, I, I do see a lot of possibility there. So I, I definitely am aligned with it. And it also sounds like you're facing the uh, entrepreneur's dilemma, which which is always, hey, do I go broad or do I focus? And rarely have I seen focusing uh, failing. Consistently, I have seen going broad resulting in uh immense failure so I, I i do respect your approach yeah i like i think um yeah there's a bunch of stuff to unpack from there but yeah i think um you know i think doing galleries plus plus virtual events is actually a really broad space to do really well um but it's you know it's something we can focus on and so i i that's what we what i want to do and make those events better and better we've always had you know live streaming we've had twitch we've had uh, broadcasters well we've got um you know got the idea of presenters and stuff so you can do, you know and people make that work really well 
if we could make that work on the Oculus Quest so that you can go to an event, so if we can make it so that you can talk to other people at the event freely with voice chat, that's all, you know, really well-defined stuff and just things that we can make work better and better and, you know, make the events load faster. That, that's bigger events, events with a thousand people. That's a huge amount of work to get all that to work properly, but it's so, so satisfying. And in terms of the pricing, yeah, like it's, um, it, yeah, it's a lot, you know, the parcels are expensive now, but, you know, that's part of why I try and do the growth at the right rate. So if you buy a parcel and use it for a while and you're like, cool, this is great, I'll keep it forever and we'll give you free hosting forever and make the world run. But, you know, if you're like, okay, that's not my vibe anymore, hopefully you can resell it for somewhere near the price that you bought it. And so, you know, there's... And yeah, 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 it's, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, and, and you're right, like as a virtual space, it, you get some pretty good tools, so yeah. It, it seems like it has a ton of potential. It reminds me very much of when I sh uh, share this with other people, of the million dollar homepage from back in the day, but a more revised, yes. <laughs> uh, a better version of it with the grand vision of the metaverse, but with uh, the presence today of something which is like the modern, million dollar homepage if you were going to do it. I've seen people try to do that with like, oh, this is the NFT version of the million dollar homepage. No, CryptoVoxels <laughs> is the million dollar homepage. I, I literally started CryptoVoxels on Ethereum because I, I saw, I think it was called F Place or F homepage or something and it was you bought an eth to play because ether was way cheaper to place a pixel in this million dollar homepage and i saw that contract because he open sourced it and i was like oh my god you could do this in 3d this is amazing and it kind of turned into that whole journey um yeah so it's uh yeah i <laughs> i love the million dollar homepage aspect of it and, and i love you know i love if, if we accidentally build part of the metaverse generalized metaverse that will be fantastic but you know we're going to get there by solving this particular problem of doing events in art galleries really really well first yeah and like cool avatars that have lots of nice costumes and, and minting wearables and nfts and stuff there's, there's a whole bunch of fun stuff to solve yep uh so i have one uh one more question uh well actually in regards to that i, I want to ask you about future casting which is really the the main last question but maybe one other real quick which is I did notice yeah. that the, the, the event tends to slow down um, the server some, and, and so it's harder to get a bunch more people in there. Is really scaling the, the, the biggest thing? And associated with scaling, there's both the server side as well as the uh, user's computer side. And I wonder, making this virtual experience so fluid, it, it's impressive. I was actually shocked that I was able to walk through just in my browser because I haven't experienced something comparable in my browser is that actually one of the main concerns as well? Because it seems like stacking anything on top of that on the front end is also quite risky. Um, yeah, uh, so so browser performance, uh, we do a lot of work on it to make it fast. And the browser is an extremely fast platform, really powerful Chrome platform. We don't use half of the features that we could to make it go faster. And that's why I think we realistically have the hope of making it run, when I say five times faster, five times less lag. So when the world kind of lags out, I think we can reduce that by, you know by by you know at least at least make it twice as smooth as it is um and so that's just doing lots of computer science in the browser and i think google maps has shown for a long time that you can do a really good experience in the browser if you just kind of like you know and we never did any optimization at the start we just kind of turned it on and then we've had to come back and retroactively do these optimizations as time goes on because we've got lots of people we've got lots of users we've got lots of data to, to we don't analyze people use this data but you know there's lots of data in world that we can make load faster and and, and do the optimizations for so it's really worth it um the problem with having lots and lots of users is a couple of things. Yeah, the server doesn't handle it very well, and then the client starts to freak out a bit. 
But uh, with the client, we can display little cutouts of users. Like I'm really big on these kind of 2D cutouts. We can render, that, you know, probably a thousand of them, no problem. So um, if I can convince the team to let me turn those cutouts back on, and then there's another problem in that you need to say, well, these avatars need to always be present because they're the presenters or they're the people up on stage. So you need to load them in full detail. And then all these other people you can do is cutouts to show that you're in a big crowd, but you know, you don't need to see the avatar of the person at the back of the crowd. Then there's the server side of it, of like how you send um, updates for you know a thousand people in an event at once. Um, I don't want to split people into separate rooms. I want to work out how to solve that, and there are ways to solve it. There's optimizations and there's algorithms and there's you know techniques and stuff that we could do. So we could definitely do that. Um, I feel like they're all, they're I feel like they're all solvable problems, um, and you know. Um, because we don't have this huge scope, you know, it's something that we can concentrate on. Um, at the moment, we don't really scale well over about, well, it seems to go okay about 150 people, but it sort of gets worse than that. And we've got, um, we're working on simulation code so that we can simulate a really big event uh, offline on our computers and then work out where the bottlenecks are and, and, and improve them. So um, yeah, I, I think we'll be able to support bigger events as time goes on. And we can already, yeah, I'm already amazed at how well the engine handles that considering I, I personally think it's not particularly well optimized for large events. It's a fun engineering challenge. It's definitely something that you could sink your teeth into because I'm, I'm already just thinking, I'm like, okay, so like, where can I offload some of that <laughs> off there peer-to-peer? -peer? Like, anyways, uh, we, we don't need to dive into that right now. So the uh, last question is, um, how do, I mean, I think you've actually answered this, but I, I kind of want to get your take in terms of, you mentioned where you see CryptoVoxels focusing is around these live events. Is that where you see it uh, operating in the broader metaverse? Or are you thinking like, you know, on a 10-year horizon, we think that crypto voxels has the potential to be the metaverse. Like, how are you thinking about that? So my friend Nick uh, does another metaverse called Substrata, and um, I pick him up and drop him off um, on Thursday nights when we go and hang out together. And so we go for this little drive and talk about stuff. He believes this one is going to be the metaverse. He is one of the people that like, thinks you're going to build the metaverse and it'll become the biggest one, or Epic will build the metaverse and it'll be the biggest one. I absolutely believe there'll be lots of small metaverses and they'll be big and you'll spend a lot of time in them and you spend a lot of effort in each one but they but there will be multiple ones you'll do a teleport from crypto voxels to decentraland to some space to substrata and back again that that's the way that's what i'm targeting um so in terms of our the meta part of the metaverse that we're going to build i really want to build that lo-fi metaverse that's really quick and low friction to get into so it loads instantly when you click a tweet a link in twitter on your phone um that you can leave again really quickly like we don't obstruct people from from clicking a link out of the metaverse I really want it to be easy to dip in and out of, um, and I want it to be lo-fi, so it keeps those that voxel stuff keeps. You know, we've got relatively low-resolution textures, um, stuff like that, so that it works on a weak computer. Um, and I want it to look better on on, on better devices, but you know, we're always going to do um, have this kind of simpler geometry for now. That's the space that I want to take, and I want to do a really good job of it. Um, you know, I I think it's a really clever space to take because. You know it makes it more accessible to people um and if you have you know the right do turn the right knobs you can still make it look really nice as well as load on you know like a 500 laptop or on a you know 200 android phone that's the space i want to do i want to get really good at it um i hope someone builds an amazing triple a metaverse as well and hopefully crypto voxels interoperates between it you know hopefully you go to someone's past and they're like come to our insane thing built on the epic metaverse or on substrata or on somnium or something um and you go there and you're like that's amazing then you go back to crypto voxels because all your friends can load it and then you walk around together um that's 
how I want to see the metaverse come together. I don't particularly want to see one massive one dominate all others, but maybe that's what will happen. Uh, well, I think the strategy makes a ton of sense. I definitely uh, see what, what you've been doing. It feels like the on-ramp to the metaverse. It makes it accessible to everybody. And it's made, like for someone who, I, I remember on the first NFT podcast that we had, someone was like, oh yeah, I'm looking at the metaverse and there's crypto voxels and there's sandbox and Decentraland. Anyways, we started going through all of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard about that two months ago. And then uh, I, I hopped in and crypto voxels made it accessible for me. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to buy a place, I want to be at the on-ramp to the highway. Like I want to be sitting right there. And I think, yep. you, I think you all have done a phenomenal job at that. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, it's, it's really been fantastic. And you know, our list of things to improve is massive. I think the, the new user um, bump is really hard to, you know, learn how to first use crypto voxels. We want to make that way. That's the thing is like crypto voxels, I think is quite accessible already, but we want to make it just much, much easier and much, much um, more accessible to normal people. So, um, you know, you can have more people at your events and, you know, eventually you can invite your friends to your events and your mom and stuff. <laughs> well, I, I think you are doing a great job executing on that vision. When I tell people, they're like, hey, where should I buy land? I say crypto voxels, like that's the place to go. Um, and I'm heavily biased because I can't get into any of the other freaking ones. So I, I don't have an Oculus yet. I'm about to, I'm going to have to buy one to like, to like get a deeper understanding, but I'm like, ah, I don't want to do it yet. And I'd rather get crypto voxels land. So anyways, I, 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 I really appreciate you coming on today, Ben. Yeah, that was awesome, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. It was really, really great to talk to you about, uh, about the NFT space. And um, yeah, I love the podcast. Thanks each for having me. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.